You're listening to the CX Pod from Teletech and the Customer Strategist Journal. Here's your host, Jeff Marco. Today, I'm excited to have on the show Kevin Yuri, founder of 47 Harmonic and formerly the head of data science growth with Razorfish. One of my favorite things about Kevin is that he brings an incredible expertise with a mix of reality to a lot of the marketing hype that's out there on the market today. So I'm really excited to have him on the show. Uh, but before we get started, there was I wanted to share with you all, there's a really interesting study recently done by Ubisen uh, that really started to dig into AI and human interaction. And what what's really intriguing to me on this is that they found that 40% of humans are saying that they don't actually care if... Uh, if they're working with a human or an AI bot, uh, as long as they're getting the answers that they need. And, and frankly, that actually 69% of them said that they would talk to a bot before human in order to get an instant answer. And so just a, a nugget for thought there of, of what we're starting to see in the marketplace is that for many people, when it comes to talking about an issue or, or getting a resolution or information from a company, that really all they care about is getting the answer they need and and having a quality result in a, in the shortest period of time. Um, so interesting stat, interesting research study uh, as, as we start our time off here today. But as I said, I am really excited to have Kevin Yuri on our show today. And um, thanks for thanks for being on the program, Kevin. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on. Well, awesome. Let's let's dive right in. I, I want to kind of take a look at uh, really this world kind of is we're starting to see the emergence of right that research of of bots and AI with with over 5000 different MarTech applications this year from the latest MarTech research report. Uh, and then right add to that sales tech and ad tech. Um, you know, how is a company really supposed to deliver great customer experience in this app crazy world that we're in? Yeah, it's it's a funny question. And I think if you look at it, most companies almost look at it backwards. They go, okay, I need this tech. I need this. I've got all these tools. You know, how are we using these tools instead of going, what are, who are our customers? How do I actually interact with them? What am I doing? You know, even looking back at, at history, how are we answering the phone? How are we interacting with these people on email? Are you doing the basic things that you've been able to do for the last 10 to 20 years well? And you know what, if, if companies don't value their customers and really value the interactions with them, all the tech and all the technology and all the A is really not going to matter. It's really about placing the customer at the heart of everything they do, whether that's marketing, uh, product development, and everything that they're doing. Uh, otherwise, the tech just doesn't matter. You know, that's that's really interesting, right? Is putting the customer at the center as opposed to really leading with the technology. I feel like a lot of us uh, in the marketing world have, I'll call it shiny object syndrome, right? We're always chasing after the latest and greatest tech, right? Bots, AI, account-based marketing, et cetera. But we're often losing sight of of the customer. I mean, right, How do you how do you think about what tech do you bring into the place and how that's going to enhance that customer experience? How do you approach that uh, at keeping the customer and determining which tech is worth skipping versus what you should pay attention to now? Yeah. Uh, the first thing is is really understanding the customer. So what data and what technology do I have that gives me insights on who the customer is? And then also, how am I interacting with the customer just on a personal level? So, But first of all, really, let's let's understand the customer by aligning our data sets. Uh, and then analyzing that with with good BI tools, uh, good ELT, and and all of that stuff to actually get that view of the customer, what they're doing, 
what's working, what's not working. Adding to that, you know, interviews, research, customer feedback stories, you know, bringing customers in and just understanding them in focus tech groups is, is really the core of it. And then once you understand that, then it's how do I interact with these people differently? Uh, how do I actually value them instead of thinking of them in a sales funnel or thinking of them as just like a marketing tool or et cetera? How do we actually touch them in all the different customer uh, journey points? How do I get people to, to really first notice that we're even around? How do I get them to desire our product? How do I get them to actually purchase our product? How do I get them past purchase? How do I make them satisfied customers? How do I actually make them from satisfied customers to customers that are evangelizing our products? And then how do I get them to be repeat customers? And then once you've got that and you've got, okay, these are the different communication methods. This is how I actually need to talk with them and converse back and forth with them. Then putting the tools together to actually make that happen. You know, what's really interesting is you're talking about the entire customer life cycle, right? Where traditionally most companies are segmented into uh, marketing, sales, and customer service. How do you see that transforming? Who owns the customer experience? Who owns kind of that transformation inside of an organization? Yeah, you, you know, you're starting to see a rise of, of chief customer officers and even chief digital officers are kind of taking that. Being kind of a marketer of background, I think marketing is is owning that and you see that in the data as well. Marketers are realizing uh, that if they don't understand and interact with their customers through the full journey, their marketing is just not as effective. And because marketers are spending more in the data tech stack than the other um, kind of leaders of the company, uh, even more than IT, they're really taking the leadership of, okay, this, this is how our data needs to get come, to, uh, come together. These are the tools we need. And then they can show a direct ROI on that. So it's almost an easier sell of a marketer of, okay, if we do all of this, my acquisition costs are going to go down by X. And then they can make the case and really are leading that charge. Ideally, it, it comes from the CEO on down. Everyone needs to be customer focused. And the only way that's going to happen is if your visionary and your leader is on board. Uh, it can't be led necessarily by an internal champion if the CEO is not on board with actually making it happen. You know, that's that's a really good point. And I know one of our previous conversations, you said something that really stood out to me. And, and it kind of relates to that of a bad customer experience does lead to a higher cost of customer acquisition. Can Can you talk more to that? Kind of what do you think that where does that come from? Well, you know, I think I think it's always been the case. You know, I'm a big Clutrium Manifesto kind of believer, and that's really what got me started in social and customer experience in the first place, uh, of this idea of, of marketing was just so detached and we're just yelling at people to buy new products, right? And uh, we didn't really take into the account of, of everything else. And then when, when you saw the rise of social and you saw the importance of reviews and all of this, the cost has just gone drastically up. Heck, I've... I've tried marketing products that don't have great reviews and don't have great satisfaction levels. And it's a nightmare. Your costs are almost double, if not more, depending on the industry. I've, I've, I've worked with companies, unfortunately, years past that went out of business just because they treated customers badly. And their cost of acquisition just kept rising and rising and rising. And they couldn't force enough people to buy their product that no one wanted. I think back in the day, you used to be able to maybe yell and lie and kind of cheat and steal on some advertising and people would go, okay, I'll go give it a try. And then the word of mouth was slower to circulate, right? And it would happen kind of over years of like, okay, don't trust this company. And, you know, it would just be word of mouth from friend to friend via phone call, via meeting at coffee shops, et cetera. 
And now with the internet, it just happens so fast. The customer, uh, the brands, it's too late if it's already on there to react. You've got to really think of day one. How do I make sure my customers are evangelists for my brand and not holding my brand back? You know, that's that's a really good point. Like with Yelp, and I think we're seeing Google reviews, right, double down uh, in terms of popularity on the consumer side. But we're even starting to see the emergence of platforms like G2 Crowd reviewing even right business technology or marketing technology of what is the customer actually saying. How does that feed into, from your perspective, on on brands and building a evangelist, right? You almost need to create a word of mouth program of people who love your brand so much that they're willing to go to bat for you and defend you and also advocate on your behalf uh, as well. How, how do you think brands kind of approach yeah, that? Yeah, well, I think most brands approach it kind of in a short-sighted manner, right? They're like, okay, we have these customers. How do we make them evangelists? Which is the wrong way. It's what do these customers want? How do I provide them a product they really like? How do I give them the tools to share and then encourage them to do so instead of just forcing them and encouraging them to do so? Obviously, if I've got a great product, if I've marketed them in an effective way that doesn't offend them, if I've sold them a, a something that they feel valuable in, they're already going to be naturally in that in that mode to share. You can't just say, okay, they're a customer now. Let's encourage them to share. The whole process has to work together to actually get to that point and be the most effective. You know, it's really interesting too, kind of along that that vein of a lot of companies, it feels like got into social because it was a popular technology at the time, as opposed to really understanding it as a way to connect with their customer, right? The promise of social was to give products back to consumers, yet it feels like that's starting to pivot backwards. Where do you see kind of social uh, on the technology side? Because, right, we're starting to see the that was traditionally a marketing, marketing tool, but now we've got social care and all of this. And where is that going? Because I know social is still a hot topic. Yeah. I like to describe myself as the marketer that hates marketing. And and because of that and because of that vein I've had over these, let's say, last 20 plus years in the industry, I was doing a lot of digital. I was running a digital agency within a traditional shop. And I escaped. I saw social as as the way out, giving the power back to people and and having a bigger voice. And it and it has to some extent. But when I left and and went to a social agency and then ended up running that social agency, we saw a huge transition right when Facebook went public. Before Facebook went public, it was all about okay, if I treat my customers well, if I give them great content and if I interact with them, Facebook's going to reward me. And I'm going to get my messages that I put out. And some of them are marketing messages are going to reach more people. And Facebook, you know, still is, was back then, you know, the most important kind of social channel uh, on the mass scale. And what happened when they went public is they drastically cut that reach down. And it really had nothing to do with your interaction with your customers on, on the channel now. And it's all about how much you paid. We used to get 25, 30% reach against our audience every time we made a post. Now brands are lucky to get one to two percent reach uh, against their audience every time they make a post, and the only way you bump that up is by paying uh, instead of how you're treating and interacting with your customers. So the value is less. Essentially, what social has become is just another way to get eyeballs and to pay to get eyeballs. And when you're looking at a social post versus an ad or versus anything else, you've got to, it comes down to you know what is the CPM or what is the you know, the CPA of of that interaction instead of what am I building long-term customers and success up? It's very hard to go to a brand and tell them, you know what, I need to interact with my my Facebook audience or, or my Twitter audience, uh, Instagram, et cetera. And I need to put posts out there that encourage goodwill with the brand and then pay to do that. 
when the direct ROI on a, a post just isn't there the way it used to be when social was was earlier on in its development. It's interesting, right? We still have to be on social as a technology, especially as uh, as we're seeing right on Twitter in particular. It's interesting that that seems to be the platform of choice when it comes to social care uh, and engagement. But a lot of brands are still simply viewing social as as a marketing channel. How do you think a brand transitions from social as simply marketing and reach and campaigns to to really actually using it to influence their customer experience? I, I think it gets back to the value of the customer. I, I like to say marketers have ruined every media medium that has been invented. You know, if you look back at you know mail, I bet you when you know the first direct mail pieces and interaction on mail with with brands. I bet it was amazing. I bet there were handwritten letters. And then eventually that, you know, went to hell and was just spam. Support via the phone was amazing at the first step. And the brand started realizing, oh, it's costing a lot. I don't see the ROI there directly because I can't track all of this. So, you know what? I'm going to outsource it or it's all going to be automated through a bad automation system. And then, you know, you've got social and social, you know, I used to go to Twitter and you'd get great customer service. Because you have some people on there, like Comcast cares back in the day, right? You'd have Frank interacting with you and you'd have all this great interaction and feel valued as a customer. And now that's that's going away. The problem isn't, it's not the technology. It's really how you interact and how you value customers. A brand can use any technology to either save money or increase the value of their bringing to the customers. And most of the time they view it and try to save money. I want to get tactical in some of the time that we have left here uh, with you because I think you've got some unique opinions on in this space that, that the audience would find really valuable here. First off, you know, how would you approach this kind of the, the MarTech app crazy world today? What are some of the fundamental technologies that you think are required to start delivering on a great customer experience? The first thing, and I think too many, even big brands aren't doing it, is storing the data. You wouldn't believe how much how many people are actually just not storing it. So first thing is just back it up, uh, put it somewhere, make sure you're saving it. Uh, at least you can do stuff with it later. And and the next step is really put someone in charge of the customer. You don't necessarily have to hire someone, but put someone in charge of okay, what is the architecture of how do we get marketing, customer service. Uh, in all the different groups, heck, finance and, and even retail and the stores, et cetera. How do we get all of those talking together and and working as one around the customer, really putting the customer at the heart of everything? And so that's the first thing. Get all of that stored, get people working together for a common cause, align that data. So normalize it, get a single view of your customer and then start doing that and implementing the tools to take advantage of that data. What you see too often done. I, I understand how it happens is each individual group, right? The CMO will run out his own tech stack. Operations will run out their own tech stack. Uh, sales will. And then you've got all these different tech stacks you need to integrate at some point. Try to look at it in a holistic manner before you do that, because most companies are doing that to some extent. But if you can do it earlier on, uh, it's better because merging it later is 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 very hard as opposed to doing it right the first time. One thing to kind of add on to that is, and, I, and I've had this problem through the years, is, is trying to get everything to be perfect, right? Trying to create this utopia system where everything, I've got the best of breed tools from every industry. I'm doing all the ETL and I'm, I'm bringing that in and I'm, I'm normalizing that data. That's great. 
it's going to take years. It's going to take you, well, twice as long as you think and cost twice as much as any budget you get. But sometimes, you know, it's just better to just go, you know what, what tools will be good enough to get us there? You know, is it a suite that I can pull together? Is there this tool? You know, what, what sacrifices can I make so I can at least get 50% of the way there in the next few months? Uh, why I build out this bigger plan, because most of the time the problem is they're building out these bigger tools that have like year plus runways. And by the time they've actually got it implemented, there's new tech out anyways. Uh, so let's just get something going while you try to figure out what the optimal situation is. Yeah, you know, the the pace of change in this industry right now, I think we added over a thousand new MarTech tools this year. So yeah, anything that's got a, a year long setup time is you're already just asking to be behind by the time you get that up and running. I think that's a great point. You know, how would you recommend that I as an individual, uh, you know, get my organization actually understand the value of customer experience and putting that at the center? You know, how do I create the business case? What do I need to include to get people on board with that? Yeah. It all depends on really what drives the company and most of its return. I think the main thing is really fine. Like what, what typically works when you're looking at a digital transformation is, is bringing some data of your own customers forward that no one else knew. Doing some initial research to go, hey, did you know this? So that, that one fact that kind of shocks everyone in the room and goes, wow, you were able to find that one thing. And go, you know what, what if we implemented this at a whole nother level? Just think what we could find and, and how we could improve. And that, that might be the answer to this next question. But if you could give one piece of advice to our listeners today about customer experience, you know, what, what would it be? The one thing is to never stop fighting for your customers. To be that internal champion that always everything that you're doing and everything you talk about with other people is in the customer's mindset. And how is that going to affect the experience? And what is the long, the long-term value of doing so? And and thinking about the long term instead of tomorrow or the quarterly quarterly returns. When you start thinking about quarterly returns, you start thinking about sales funnels and how do I push more sales here in the next you know month to hit my target? That's sometimes necessary, but a lot of times when you're doing that, it's it's affecting the long-term viability and impact that you can have by having a more long-term plan and treating those customers in the way to get the most value out of them and to give them the most value. So I always like to do a quick, uh, fun, rapid fire at the end of uh, uh, when I chat with people here. So here we go. So which is more likely to be around in 15 years, do you think? Twitter or Reddit? Reddit. Which is more likely to drive success, SEO or paid search? SEO. Which is better at driving leads, email marketing or advertising? Email. Which will happen first, a man walks on Mars or autonomous cars are the norm? Autonomous cars. Which do you think is the greatest opportunity, augmented reality or virtual reality? Augmented. Which is the better long-term investment, Facebook or Amazon? Amazon. Which is the more iconic campaign, Dove Beauty or Got Milk? Got Milk. What do you prefer, Mac or PC? I really do not care. <laughs> Fair answer. <laughs> the last most important one, Team Daenerys and Snow or Team Lannister? Uh, neither. I don't watch. All right. That's fair. I, I skipped out on both of those cool. final questions. <laughs> that That is all right. That is all right. Well, thanks so much for being on our show today. Uh, I hope 
you all got as much out of this conversation as I did. Kevin, it has been a real pleasure. I, I want to ask, where can people find you if they want to follow um, up? LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, just Kevin Uri, U-R-I-E is pretty unique. You're, you'll find me. Awesome. Well, again, thanks so much for being on the show. And uh, I think we will likely have you back in the future as, uh, as things get more and more interesting in the, in the CX world. To learn more about bringing humanity to business, come see us at teletech.com or subscribe to our journal at customerstrategistjournal.com. Thanks and see you next time.